Guys, welcome back to Between the Scandal Sheets. You've got your co-CEOs coming to you live. Super happy to be chit-chatting today and spilling and sipping the tea. You've got Rose here. And Carly. Hey. (laughs) Guys, like life is just, it's just better. I don't know about you guys and Carly, let me know how you're feeling, but it's just the sun was a little crisper today. Things were a little brighter. Life just feels a little bit better on the other side now of what was that promo drought. And now we have, maybe not an oasis, but there's trickles, right? We know that there's water under the ground. Yes, there is definitely an aqueduct of sorts that we know is going to keep us hydrated. Yeah, the air's just a little fresher. My skin is just a touch clearer after seeing these pictures that mother shonda has fed to us on the beautiful date that is december 25th (laughs) we were given a gift whether you celebrate or not there is much to be thankful for yeah happy shonda miss we got five juicy gifts technically six if you want to count the teaser poster of pen but we'll really we'll just jump right into that guys this is our much awaited and by that i mean We've all just been waiting for something, some scrap of newness, right? Something that we haven't seen before to sink our teeth into, and we haven't had squat really since June. So, not since I think, Little Miss Brazil to Doom. Yeah, exactly. There's only so many ways that I can Photoshop Pirate Collins' jacket into different colors to appear to be new pictures for memes, and it's like... There, yeah. yeah, there's only so many memes I can make with the one still of Penelope by the window. Like, I can only put <laughs> so many Kelly Clarkson songs in the background. Like, her Dude, breakaway yes. moment that we were given in that still. Yes, exactly. Like, we were honestly on fumes at that point in terms of, like, what to do with... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, We've been yeah, needing new stuff. You guys better stuff. watch out when I get my phone charged up and start making memes out of these new guys because... Boy, do I have some heaters on deck already in my mind. Dude, I love that. You're like, when my phone's charged, it's over for you, hoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally going to overheat. Just from That's the, so accurate, though. Heaters of memes they're going to be making. I was going to say, because you already know, Carly, my phone's like almost always dead. Oh, especially now, now that I've been trying to put in work as a detective, I have like Canva really, you've been Cap zooming cut. in. Yeah. I had the Hubble telescope. You had to make an appointment with your ophthalmologist. Dude, literally, my phone is like an iPhone XR, if you guys remember that ancient yeah, communication device. That day. So literally, my phone's like... That was like <gasps> middle school for me. Yes, literally. So my phone's like <gasps> trying to create these memes on Instagram. It like freezes so yeah. much. It's like, please stop making me do stuff. Anyway, before we go on a huge tangent and discuss more of the sausage making... We got stuff to discuss, y'all. So we're going to take it from the top. We'll link in the episode description the Shondaland article that came out on Christmas with the new stills. And uh, first up, we're just going to start from the top, which is the teaser poster of Penelope. You guys. Come on. Okay, by the way, this article, and as Rose said, we're going to tag it, is by Valentina Valentini. And as you guys know, like, that's our girl. Like, that's our girl. Her, Cat Quinn, like, those (laughs) so far, they're keeping us fed. We love them, too. The way that Valentina knows everything. She's like, 
Liddy Whistle down in real life. Valentina gets her little press release shortly before the rest of us. And girly, does she write it out in an entertaining way? Like, please go yeah. read her articles. They're they're good. But yes, she's fed us this teaser poster amidst her article. It is our beautiful, gorgeous, show-stopping, awe-inspiring Penelope in a little hand mirror looking at us with her sultry lashes, her pink cheeks, her cheekbones that could cut me, kill me. They're not necessarily sharp, but boy, are they prominent. She's beautiful. Her pouty lips... I just, I'm in love with this woman. It's that fine. copper curl. Dude, literally, are you kidding me? That it's lustrous. Is like, that is what was the imagining for the Statue of Liberty before it oxidized into the green we see today. Like, this was the... <laughs> Dude, yes, bitch. I love this is what, that. This is what Lay imagined, like, this picture. And her eyebrows, yeah, they look... They look beautiful. Her, like, light little kind of pinky eyeshadow. That's probably a dash of MAC Painterly Pot, because I know that they'd be using that on set. (laughs) But she looks gorgeous in this still. And, yeah, like, Carly, you touched on the mirror. So it looks very similar to those who have seen one of the older covers of Romance of Mr. Bridgerton. That one, it's sort of like, what is it? Almost like a white, like, silky bed sheet or some kind of linen. And there's a Mm -hmm. gold hand mirror. It's similar to the one in the poster. Not identical, but pretty similar. So it mm-hmm. seems like this teaser poster with Penn's face in the mirror is a nod to, um, you know, the original yeah. R&B cover. And then we have the little tagline, which, of course, you know that whoever, like, made this, they felt like they ate so hard. Yeah. The person who brought this quote to the writer's <laughs> room... They fucking walked in with a newfound swagger before scene. Like when they came in with this. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm so glad. Yeah, they came in with their sexy swagger. Gosh, we have so much fun stuff to say about that. Yet. But yeah, exactly. Even a wallflower can bloom is the little tagline we have. We've got the gauzy, bluish love that possibly a hand model. A hand model is, you know holding that mirror yeah do we think they like spent the the time and the money and the energy to have nicola's hand be the one holding this mirror do we think they got a hand model i think nicola has nice hands but yeah like we know they just edited her face into that mirror like it wasn't actually taken in it yeah yeah exactly so i know who knows whose hand it really is yes a real human's hand was used but there's just so much editing on this that even like like thumbnail just I don't know how to explain it. It's not uncanny it's a little, valley. It's a little squirkular. Yeah, something about it almost feels like too perfect, I guess, or yeah. just uh, you know, not too. Um, Maybe secure. we just haven't yeah. gotten manicures in a long time. Yeah. Oh, uh, how come it's not busted with bad cuticles like mine? <laughs> but yeah, so how come it's not chipped? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah wait how come it's not all chewed and, and gnarled and gross at the end yeah anyway i think the one other the one other thing that we wanted to flag with the teaser poster is that we looked at the accompanying quote in the Chandelier article and valentina our girl wrote let's relish 
in our new diamond of the season, Nicola Coughlin as Penelope Featherington, aka Lady Whistledown. Valentina calling Pen our diamond of the season, our new diamond of the season. I feel like it gives me pause Mm -hmm. just because it's like there's always a certain person that's given that title. I think, like, are you thinking of it as, like, this is them telling us that Penn's going to be the diamond in the show? But see, that's the thing is, that's a lot for them to give us when, like, they wouldn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that this is, like, a communal hour. Like, this is Valentina speaking to us as the Mm -hmm. audience, as fans of the show, instead of a plot summary like we discussed last time where oh colin comes back with a new swagger like okay they're referring to colin as a character in this they're referring to like more nicola as the main character Mm. as one of the main characters of the season referring like speaking to us the audience and saying like she's our new diamond she's our new main female protagonist Yes, I like that. That makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's right. It's not QC's diamond. It's our diamond. Yeah. And we know she is my diamond. I've been very yeah. vocal. Yeah. And like, oh, I just, I mean, Nicola, like we'll talk about it in the still that we got coming up. It's like, she looks so beautiful. I'm just so happy for her getting her time to shine. Although, Carly, as you and me have discussed, we are a little nervy, y'all, with what is the concentration of marketing on Penelope you know I think it was like the Twitter Mm -hmm. account on Christmas said Penelope's story and like we get it she is not just like a fan favorite but as Lady Whistledown like that alter ego she is Penelope is the heartbeat of the show whether or not like anti-pen people want Mm -hmm. to admit it it just it really is true she moves the plot in so many different ways you know it's just affecting everything and everyone that it makes sense that especially like a lot of people identify with Penelope and a lot of women identify with her where there's something more fun about seeing the underdog, the wallflower who finally gets to have her time in the sun right out of the shadows and is Mm -hmm. doing her thing as opposed to Colin, like the pleasant third son falls in love with his best friend. That is also very simplistic, but I'm wondering if they know if they were just Colin heavy that there would be a lot of people who are like, okay, yeah, but Penelope's like, she's our girl. Like, she's the one we want to also focus on. Yeah. I think we've seen so much of her and so many storylines. Colin had a storyline in season one with Marina. But really, that was also, if not more so, a Penelope mm-hmm. storyline. And then season two, we, we see him battling with, like, his own, you know, self-worth almost. And, like, his want of a purpose but that's like really all we get from him and where he's not like honestly season two like he was not serving cunt (laughs) like he was serving like introspective like a little bit self-loathing almost not self-loathing but like no i know what you mean well he was serving sad boy like i can't put it in any better terms like he was serving sad boy he's just yeah who am I? What do I? What's, what's yeah. my role? Who's calling? It's like okay, we'll figure it out. Like, don't be whiny about it. It feels um, like yeah. I I. But did you like see that too? I think post season two, there are a lot of people who are like, he's just so whiny about 
his purpose and it, it there were people who found Dude, it off-putting like those people those people are the people who like don't like PETA in the Hunger Games and I'm like <laughs> yeah true can you just like not like a man who's like trying to be in touch with his emotion no I think he's that's really valid trying shocker that we're like very sympathetic to Colin like we know he was fascinated by his travels that like, he did enjoy it all of that good stuff but yeah I'm much more sympathetic towards his journey knowing that it's in the search of a purpose when he really doesn't need one like I think that's an interesting character like the that is the outline for an interesting character whether or not we will get an interesting story from him yeah is yet to be seen I think one of the big things we're nervous about is like the lack of Colin and a lot of promo and like Mm -hmm. you said like oh it's pen season no it's not it's Penn and Colin season yep Colin is the Bridgerton but I want him to be his own person outside of Penn we know that he is because we've seen the results of his actions outside of Penn and outside of the show his travels he talks about them he's written about them whatever his his him trying to invest with Jack and then doing this whole little investigation that we don't see, but we can come to the conclusion that it's happened. And him confronting Jack and telling him to get lost, we can draw the conclusion that he's been doing his own thing. I hope we get to see more of that. His intellect, his passions, what have you. I hope he just doesn't become a secondary character to Penn, like we so often see with like women's roles in shows. Yeah. And in popular media where they're just almost just an accessory to a man and we're seeing the man's story and then the woman is like not passing the Bechdel test in any way shape or form like I don't want the roles to just switch so Colin becomes that to Penelope's story like I just want that role to be dissolved completely yeah Colin being the Bridgerton sibling right like it's his turn this season it's always the Bridgerton sibling that has the most screen time out of any mm-hmm. other character. We have the breakdowns of the screen time for the characters. So Daphne, for example, was in 53% of the total screen time in season one. And in comparison, actually even less though, is Antony was in 43% of the screen time in season two kate surprisingly was Mm. actually also 43 percent of the screen time had kate in it as well so they were evenly split whereas simon was only 35 percent of season one basically give or take three minutes that antony has like three more minutes of screen time than kate does daphne obviously has quite a bit more than simon but nevertheless they have the most out of any character that's a lot of screen time for Colin. Please just don't have that be 200 plus minutes of him as Penn's accessory. You know, we've talked about this in different episodes before. Like, it's so much more meaningful if they both are their own, like, robust people. And it would also be great to see that a lot of what Colin has been sort of, like, agonizing about and dwelling on, it comes to a head and he has, like, that self-realization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeing a switch from, like, but this essentially this navel gazing that he's been doing. I think seeing that finally come to fruition as him finding his passion, finding his purpose, whether it's through the help of Penelope or through the absence of Penelope in his life, 
in the break between the seasons where we don't see what they're doing, I think that'll that would be a really interesting journey for him if we get it. Like if we get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So ideally, right, we in future promo, there's gonna be more coming out where a lot of our worries and nervy feelings can be put to rest. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see, you know, we'll, we'll keep our eyeballs peeled and our fingers crossed for that. But yeah, y'all, we got five new stills to get through now and sink our teeth yeah. into. I do have to say about these five new stills, I think they were definitely more, if not calling, more Bridgerton-centric. Yeah. So like, that does make me feel a little bit better. Whereas the first batch of stills that we got like yes technically they were in the stills like an even amount of times but the moonlight one like a quarter of colin's face is in it so like really that's yeah. just like another picture of pen yeah and then we get the pen one we get pirate colin and then we get them in the market mm-hmm. scenario where the first four and now we have these five new ones and the very first is a nearly complete Bridgerton family photo. We have Eloise, Ben, Kate, Queen, Miss Viscountess, Gregory, who's getting so tall, squishy little face, Violet, Antony, and Hyacinth. And they're looking at something. Who are they staring at? What what scenario is taking place mm-hmm. that there are these new looks? Because Violet looks worried. Eloise looks like she... Doesn't really give a fuck. There as well. Kate, it looks like she's almost endeared by whatever she's looking mm, at. Mm-hmm. Greg looks confused. Anthony looks like flabbergasted almost. And yeah, but not outraged. More face of. He's not outraged. He's just like, what's all this then? <laughs> like that's very much like the stance, like hands on the hips. And then Hyacinth, who's just like... Yeah, from where they are in the drawing room, it looks like they're in front of the pianoforte. So that's where it could be that they're looking at Franny sitting at the pianoforte. And maybe she doesn't Mm want to go debut at the palace. Uh, Because we see, like, Hyacinth is holding what would be Franny's headband, right? It's the same, like, floofy... It feels a can-can dance feather headband that we see, like, Daphne, Elle, Penn, and, like, her sisters wore in seasons one and two when they debuted. So, mm-hmm. who knows if they were like, Franny, where are you? Are you ready? And maybe they all were looking for her and they found her playing the pianoforte. Because if you think about it, in season one, it starts in the beginning where Daphne's taking a long time to get ready. And we have Eloise, mm-hmm. like, hollering for her to make haste. And then... When season two opens, we have Daphne getting there to Bridgerton House. Like, she travels there. And Violet and everyone's like, oh, thank God you're here. Because Eloise was in her bedroom dawdling when they needed to get to the debut at the palace. So maybe it'll open up with them all looking for Franny. And they all, like, come into the drawing room and find her just chilling, playing the piano. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility especially with like violet's furrowed brow like girl is a little stressy about something mm-hmm. if it's getting to the presentation on time or getting fran prepared for the presentation on time like i think that definitely tracks something that i did see on tiktok today which i thought was so funny and yes. I literally just need to like give a shout out hold on let me find her name because i saved it it was so fucking funny yeah this was great um 
crack theory on why they look so surprised. This is by Jane Garcia, username at in my library on TikTok. And uh, you guys may have seen this as well because it has like over 30,000 views at this point. She says, what if they're thinking that Francesca looks very different from the last time they saw her? Because we know that the actress who's playing Francesca in this season is not the same actress who's played Francesca in season one and two. And I think that'd just be like such a silly, goofy little thing being like, wow, Fran, like you must have, <laughs> like, what were you doing over the summer? You look different. Like you look something about your skin. It's different. <laughs> like, yeah, your, your facial structure completely. Yeah, but I think that that would just be like a very funny nod to the changing cast and the the constant promise of this is rom-com vibes this is this season is a rom-com like could this be the calm to the rom is this like a little bit of the silly gooseness that we can expect this season has Jane Garcia cracked the code (laughs) I think I think it would be funny if she did like I kind of hope they do something like that Mm -hmm. yeah it would be meta peep this y'all we know from the metadata that this is episode one but we also know that because for those of us who remember early in this journey once the the first leaks came out about uh like pollen and filming in block one the pirate colin leaks were the same filming leaks that had pictures of the family outside of the bridgerton house in these exact outfits so we know that this mm-hmm. is from... Including Francesca. Exactly, including Franny. And what we saw in from the filming leaks is that all of the family was outside. It essentially looked like they were getting ready to hop in the carriage so that they could go to the you know, presentation or the, the debut. And mm-hmm. then we have Pirate Colin on his horse coming. A li- he was late, right? Or he was... Maybe they weren't expecting him to be there that day. Who knows? It reminds you a little bit of what was Antony in season one, where he, you know, was he like pulled out of Sienna, hopped on his horsey, and like by the skin of his teeth, like Indiana Jones got to Bridgerton House in time for Daphne's uh, debut. Yeah. So you yeah, it looks like that's what we're gonna expect. His reusable condom, <laughs> dude. Yeah, the so better case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another quote from the Shondaland article. This is from actress Ruth Gamble, who plays Violet. And in her quote, yes. you know, she talks, she talks about Violet's character. For starters, I have a new daughter out in society. I have another daughter who I'm trying to introduce to the idea of it all. And my boys are always ready for me to kind of throw women at them. I don't know if like my reading comprehension is incorrect because I feel like when I saw this and I saw, I have a new daughter out in society comma i have another daughter who i'm trying to introduce to the idea of it all are those both franny or is the way that she wrote that that's two different daughters the way that it's said it seems like she's trying to like continue to introduce the idea of it to l like i think she's Mm. referring to two different daughters okay yes like really honestly i would need to hear it like being spoken to to say that with like my whole chest you know yeah um but the I have another daughter like that that speaks to being a different person to me. Yeah. Um whom who I'm trying to introduce to the idea of it all. Now after season two, like Elle has had feelings for a man. Maybe yeah. with her estrangement or like 
what we assume is going to be a continued estrangement because it was touched on Queen Charlotte when they said they haven't, yeah. or Violet said that Ken and Elle hadn't been talking all winter. Maybe she's confided in her mother about some things, obviously not about Penn being whistled down, at least in my opinion. I think that's out of character slash out of pocket. Um, but maybe she gives inklings about what's happened with Theo, could eventually be interested in the idea of having a relationship with a man but who knows maybe she's just still pushing the the debutante lifestyle on Elle. No you're right because I think it's one thing where Elle, Elle felt a type of way about Daphne because she was like oh she made it all look so easy right she was like the perfect like golden child daughter to be you know debuting she was the diamond mm-hmm. right she married a duke like everything for her was just she passed you know, daughter tasked with flying colors and, like, Mm -hmm. obviously made her mom really proud. But for Elle, she's like, but that's not me. And I think who knows if Violet's like, okay, you don't have to be that to be successful. Because, like, I think what we know of Franny, and we'll discuss it more in, like, the next still, is that she's more, at least more introverted and reserved, relatively speaking, to, like, Daphne, for example, right? Where, like, Mm -hmm. Elle is not reserved and introverted, but she's, I don't want to say standoffish, but she just isn't interested in the marriage mart. So she's not really giving it a fair sh- like chance. Not that she's yeah. even met guys, though, that are compatible with her. That rebellious mm-hmm. dude that Violet introduces her to at like the Heart and Flowers Ball, obviously they ended up not being compatible. There yeah. are other guys who come up to Eloise and she like denies them like a dance when they like want to talk to her. But I think if she sees Franny, who is, you know, pretty pleasant, but isn't a Daphne, isn't, you know, that kind of debutante. It's kind of like, all right, Elle, like you can't just blame it on you're not Daphne anymore. Yeah. So what's hard for me, the way the characters have changed off the books, Mm. because we know in the books that when Daphne meets the Duke, it is not her first season. She's not necessarily the diamond. She Mm -hmm. has been like, kind of fighting for her life and being seen as a bra girl because guys just like to have conversations with her. She's easy to speak with. She knows compatible interests with things she's overheard from her brothers. Like, Mm -hmm. she is treated as a friend and she's not being rendered, like, marriage proposals, at least not for people who are compatible with her at all. I haven't read The Duke and I in a while, I'm going to be honest. Dude, I haven't read it, so you are, like, a scholar compared to <laughs> I was so bad. yeah she was not the diamond of the season in her book and on top of that I feel like Francesca I think she she meets John in her first season and she's like the only Bridgerton daughter that gets married season one mm. yeah so like it's interesting to me that Francesca who has an easier time even though she's more shy and not necessarily shy, but she's more reserved than her siblings, has mm-hmm. an easier time on the marriage mart because she fits better into that, like, demure debutante stencil or, like, cage that is expected. And, and she meets John, and they're very compatible, and he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daphne, who's in her book, who's a little more outspoken, who punches a dude in the face in the show... who like is friends with the men of the ton or friendly with the men of the ton so much so that they like no longer see her as a woman cough pen coded Um, 
she was made into like this perfect diamond debutante of the season and that that caused problems with her relationship with Eloise and all of that. So, like that's where I have a little bit of difficulty being like oh well Fran might be like this and that's what sets her apart because like I feel like she kind of does fit into that perfect debutante thing and she's gonna fall in love with a what is he an earl he's He's the he's the earl of kilmart yeah but like that's where i'm like okay well is this gonna be made to seem different because i feel like francesca's still gonna be sought after this season is that gonna make l hate on her or is it gonna be like well this is my little sister i want to help her out yeah i wonder if that'll be it or like how much l will even be at balls because Mm-hmm. If she doesn't have Penn to lean on anymore, she didn't even always, like, socialize with other girls. Because we had in season two, when mm-hmm. they're at Aubrey Hall, Violet puts her arms around Eloise and Penn when everyone's, like, there at Aubrey Hall. And was like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys should talk and, like, socialize with the other girls at the ton. I also don't know if because Elle had such a bad taste in her mouth from the marriage mart in season two, I almost feel like she would be cynical where Franny's like, Oh, I don't feel like that about it. Like I'm I'm yeah. down to have this happen, right? She's not like hating it. She wants to play piano and read and do other things, but it's not like she's yeah. absolutely miserable. Yeah. Exactly. So you have more to say. Yeah, so with this still, the only other bit to discuss before we move on to the next is Ruth Gemmel, the actress who plays Violet, her quote that was in the Shondaland article that Arger Val wrote. So here, Ruth discusses Violet in season three, a bit about her character, and she states that, you know, then I suppose there are some of my children who are very much in love, and I think that Mm -hmm. there is a part of Violet that is reminded of how much she misses her husband. So I'm wondering with, obviously Daphne is a child of hers that's in love, but we -hmm. know that Daphne's not in season three. So Mm -hmm. if she's talking about some of her children who are very much in love, Doi, we have Antony with Kate, but is the other person Franny with John? Is it Colin Penn? It's just interesting to wonder who is Violet clocking the season that makes her think of her and Edmund. That was like the one I think thing that I thought was like, okay, that's that's a little morsel we haven't gotten from (laughs) Ruthie yet, but. And I just want to point out, we know that Stevie isn't in the season and Daphne's face won't be in the season but that doesn't mean Daphne won't be like alluded to or spoken about or won't play a part at all like maybe Daphne's writing letters and oh Daphne said this and oh when Daphne did this and you know she's still part of the family just because her body isn't there doesn't mean her character like won't have impact wait you're right because think Uh, about her kids were literally in it yeah especially if Daphne having another baby and that's why she's not around and if Violet's thinking on that a lot and then Anthony and Kate are starting this journey in their life and you know maybe Kate's pregnant or or like they're trying for a baby and there's that that she's thinking about so Daphne's in this portion of her life where she's already having babies Anthony and Kate are in this portion of their life where they're starting to think about or like growing babies and then she sees you know maybe John and Fran and they're meeting for the first time and they're having this experience where it's just like a whirlwind of first love but then like I would hope if she's talking about watching love stories 
for her children this season. I hope it's mainly Colin and Penn, and she's drawing parallels between them and her journey with Edmund because we know they met quite young. And I would love to to learn more about that in her relationship with Edmund because what we've seen of Edmund thus far, while there is facets of it that's like Violet's relationship with him, it's mostly Violet's grieving of him and Antony's yeah. relationship and grieving of him. So I would like to not less of that because I think it is very important, especially if Violet's getting any type of love story coming up. But I would love to see more of Alive Edmund, where, oh, your father, you know, used to play prank, Antony telling Gregory. Like, I thought that was such a heartfelt moment. And I think Violet, or possibly even Antony, or whomever else, having those moments, you doing this reminds me so much of your father. Like, I think that would really play out well with Colin's character. And with just, like, the growing of Bridgerton lore. Yeah. You know, knowing and loving Edmund. Yeah. Oh, Agreed. Let's, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, we can jump to still number two, which if y'all are looking at the Shadowland article, is the one. Uh, we're going in a different order because if you guys haven't figured it out, <laughs> the pollen-related stills are going to get a lot of attention later in this episode. So going to still number two, here we're going to talk about the one where it's Violet, Franny, and Hyacinth in the Bridgerton drawing room. From the metadata, we know this is episode four. And yeah, we have Hyacinth and Franny, who look, I mean, overall, like pretty, you know, mild manner, like pleasant. But we got, like you said, we got Violet kind of like tripping and almost like gesturing towards Franny. So I'm wondering, like, what do you think yeah. of what's happening here? So Fran in this. And I'm calling her Fran as if we're besties. But Francesca in this seems, she doesn't seem the timid and worried debutante who doesn't know what she's doing and doesn't know how to act and doesn't know how to speak to men. Like, she seems like she's got it figured out. So much so that I'm wondering, like, is this, like, post-John engagement? Like, is she... Is this maybe, like, the engagement announcement? She's like, hey, guys, you know that guy, John, who came for dinner, like, a few days ago? Like, yeah, we're engaged. Because she just looks so Mm -hmm. sure of herself and, like, sure of what she's saying. And Violet's face makes me feel like she's just made her announcement. And one of the other siblings, probably Eloise, who we know is famously anti-marriage for women, like, has said something out of pocket. But it's just, like, not even phased Francesca because she's used to her sister but Violet's like that's very much what this is serving in my mind do you have any ideas of what this could be yeah I'm thinking I'm leaning towards what you're saying it feels like a Franny John proposal adjacent or centric Mm. scene in some way the way that Franny like is holding her hands and that Hyacinth is holding her hands it seems very formal and proper like I don't think they're talking Mm -hmm. to like Benedict or something it seems like they're talking to a non-family member or like looking at a non-family member I almost thought like this is John. He's like called on Franny and is like, I'm here to propose to her. And Violet's like, oh, what? This is happening? Like, oh my gosh. There are- I have not had success this fast. Really? It's that easy? Yeah. yeah. Four episodes in, I'm done. Stick my nose in it. So maybe she's like, wow, this is going to be such a great social season. No drama with my kids is going to happen. Fool. And then she starts paying attention to Colin again and she's like, fuck. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's like, the last time I ignored Colin, 
shit went downhill. But yeah, I, so you mentioned like our, one of our many goddesses in this fandom, Cat Quinn. Um, well, actually, wait a minute. It what Cat Quinn is who posted about it, but a fellow pollinator. I think it was like T for one on Instagram or TikTok, not necessarily where we know T. I don't know if T listens to this, but hey. So she pointed out that Franny looks like she's in a tweed jacket, like a Scottish tweed. So just more symbolism that we're seeing in her clothing of like her more ingratiating herself like with John who you know John Sterling is Scottish mm-hmm. Kat Quinn did say that she looked at or not just Kat but like I've seen other people say that they've looked at the hands and people thought that Franny was holding her ring finger I actually think from this angle she's holding her middle finger and I mean mm-hmm. Hyacinth has her hands clasped I almost think it's just her hands are clasped and maybe Franny's just kind of fidgeting with her hands. I don't know if she's holding onto a wedding ring, but I'm not doubting that it could be possible. And if not, if there's not a wedding ring on her finger in that moment, mm-hmm. like when this photo was taken, maybe two minutes from then, there's a, a big there old rock be. on her finger. Exactly. So we know, presumably we know the actor who's playing John. Some of the last leaks that we got, like filming leaks wise, and it was in the final block. So we see Franny get into a carriage with who people identified Ooh. as the actor, Victor Ali. The, the whole Bridgerton family, including Colin and Penelope, are waving, saying goodbye to, uh, you know, Franny in the carriage, leaving with Victor. Hmm. So because of that, people are like, okay, that presumably is John, because it's Why John. Why getting into a carriage with an unnamed character? Right. Well, a man, right? Like, that's not family. So it's the idea, like, okay, that's probably post um, them getting married. Yeah. And there was some part of, like, the camera or something was cutting right, maybe the fence, right where we could have seen Nicola's, like, face. Mm. And what we do get, like, a sliver of her red hair. So we, and obviously the height difference is, like, huge. But we see that Penelope is with Colin. So that tells us, okay. This isn't early season three because Penelope wouldn't be next to Colin at like a family thing, like waving off their sister until they're married. I like the idea that Colin's like big wedding for me and Penn, like got to show off my girl Penn. And then maybe John and Francesca's wedding. Francesca's like, you know, I don't want a super big ceremony. I'm more reserved as a person. John's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't care. I just want like me, my mom my aunt and my cousin there like that's all I care about like I think that would be like really a cool juxtaposition yeah Yeah, and no I like that too this idea of like a more intimate affair um because like you said what actress Hannah Dodd who plays Franny this season has said is that like yeah Franny doesn't need outward validation Mm -hmm. so that tells you that she's not the kind of bride who wants a huge pomp and circumstance thing where the whole ton's invited, the queen's there. But yeah, we can jump into still number trois, which is Cantony from episode one. What are your thoughts, initial yeah. impressions? Speaking of intimate, okay, slay. <laughs> Hand on the back of the neck, Antony's gaze seems to be upon her lips, gazing at him all sultry as fuck. She looks so good, dude. He looks good. Yeah. He's fine as fuck. But no, Kate looks beautiful. She is glowing. Is that just because she has beautiful, luminous skin? Probably. Is because possibly she's 
Is she pregnant? Maybe so. We can't see her little tummy. Antony's got himself wrapped around her, as I would be too if that woman was my wife. <laughs> yep. They look like they're about to smooch. Do I think they're going to get to smooch in this scene? No, I think someone's going to walk in and act all funky and <laughs> cause a ruckus. Hopefully our Chaos King Colin, because I think that'd be hilarious, them like jumping apart while they're in this loving embrace. But, you know, if we got a good makeout scene between Canthony, I would be fine with that too, because they're both really hot. So, yeah, Kate's wearing this beautiful, like, orangey red and blue pattern dress and like little jacket moment she's got some interesting designs Antony's in his billy white shirt which we know is a staple (laughs) yeah so the interesting little berries and twigs in kate's neckline like in that like little jacket maybe or part of her dress it's just Mm -hmm. uh that's interesting costume uh yeah it almost feels a little like wintry usually when you see twigs and berries and things mistletoe yeah yeah no you're right we haven't had anyone have like it it would be one thing if it was little sprigs in her hair or something like you know little flowers in her hair we do know from leaks that are part of like the season three episode one stills where we see kate Mm -hmm. it looks like she has made little butterflies embellishments in her hair so yeah i don't know like Mm. kate seems very nature orientated and maybe like you said it could be that kate is pregnant and she's you know fertility goddess yes oh my god yes exactly exactly i i mean you know me i have my own reasons where i'm like engagement ring watch i'm looking to see kate's ring thing on her left hand to -hmm. know if she's wearing the ring that edmund gave violet it doesn't look like it from here but that doesn't mean that we just aren't maybe we only see the pinky right like that meat of her hand and we don't see her ring finger so who knows who knows who knows i know there are we've discussed with people recently how there's this idea there could still be an ick factor about the engagement ring that edmund gave violet if colin was to give it to pen even though we love the idea of the parallel between edmund violet and colin penelope does this ring still have like bad juju does it have bad vibes to it because of cantony and yeah I think for Colin and Penn, it's a new couple. It's been washed clean. For Anthony, there's no trauma attached to that ring. So I think if he gave it to Kate, like it's a little, to me as a viewer, it's a little off-putting. It's still his parents' ring. And if he decided to do that, like that's whatever. I, I, I do like the idea of Colin giving it to Penn. I, I don't think he should hold any bad juju from Edwina being like a completely separate person from that. Like I, I think it would be fine. I would say the one other thing just to mention on this, and I think we're done, and this is just really quick, but it's really that in the Shondaland article, we have Simone and Johnny just talking pretty, you know, big picture about Kate and Auntie this season. To sum it up, it seems like they're married. We're going to see them and what that means for both of them as their role evolves. It's like the heads of the household. I personally Mm -hmm. think that Simone saying that you know, she thinks that Kate just wants to be able to depend on the family as much as they depend on her. I feel like when I put the tinfoil hat on, I think that that's all about maybe Kate either being pregnant or just having not like big issues, but just learning Mm -hmm. what it means to be a Viscountess. Like she was ready to be a governess, like in India, but a Viscountess is additional. Even if she's figuring things out, she'll 
get over the learning curve. But yeah, just excited to see them way happier, way less angsty the next season. All right, y'all. Yeah. The piece, the two pieces de resistance, still number four and still number five. Mm-hmm. Bruh. So we're gonna we're gonna start with still number four. The still of only Colin standing in the drawing room. I'll just say one thing and then Carly, I just Okay. The pirate Colin leaks and stills that we had were great. They obviously sustained us for a long time. They're literally what got me into this fandom. I thank them for their service. I was not ready for this still. And this still is my new favorite still. And I am in love with this man. He's he's gorgeous. Sexy, mm-hmm. brooding, hot, alpha. If you know, you know. I just... Carly, you just, you gotta start saying stuff or I'm just gonna start Dude, I'm sorry. I was, I was I was letting you soapbox there because he takes my breath away. I can barely speak looking at this man, looking at his powerful brooding stare, his oh. you know, his <laughs> sharp, sharp, sharp sideburns. <laughs> his hair it looks like it's been combed slash ran through. He's got something in his hand that is serving Whistledown realness. Is this a copy of Whistledown? Mm. I would hope so. We believe this is episode two. Yeah. So what has Whistledown written that has Colin standing in the drawing yeah. room, shirt open, cravat missing as fuck? Yeah, who's heard of a cravat? Not him. He's undone. He's got fucking vest open, jacket off, shirtless. Like, do we think he's just woken up and it has, like, <laughs> run down the stairs because someone's brought him the whistle down and it's, like, chatting shit about Penn or chatting shit about him? Like, what is happening that has him in such a state? No, you're right, because the he's lighting. midday. Like, this, right. Is this, this afternoon? Is daytime. Is it possibly afternoon? Like, this could be morning light. Who's to say? Yeah, like a li- like earlier. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yep. Mm-hmm. But he's having a lot of attitude to be standing there with fucking whistle down, I'm assuming, in hand, mm-hmm. and, and, and staring into my soul like this, sir, <laughs> with this outfit, this, 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 you know, slutty, <laughs> detailed but also t- disheveled outfit. There's so much going on. He's got like creatures galore. Yeah, we got octopi, we got unicorns, we got owls, horses, butterflies, monkeys, name a few. So we got mythical animals and we got real ass animals as well. The mythical the- animal that that holds me captive the most is Colin Bridgerton's chest hair that's peeking out. That <laughs> that has me choke held. I think the fact that we got the slutty white blouse, it's what we all have been wanting. And it's so, I'm just so happy to know that episode two, and again, we don't know what else goes on earlier in this episode or in episode one, but we know for sure, at least by episode two, we have slutty white blouse. Very Matthew McFadden, Mr. Darcy. So with the animal print vest, that's the thing. This is the most colorful, fun pattern of any clothing that we have seen on anyone, including any man in the show and that makes me really excited i am lit as fuck and also the fact that they're giving this to us as like a teaser Mm. as like an appetizer 
I don't think this is the only slutty, slutty white blouse moment we're going to have. And that is me just dreaming and hoping, but... I mean, that's music to my ears, dude. So we have Shondaland in the same article. Yeah, we have Luke talking about Colin's style and his family's opinion of him. So Luke says, Colin thinks he's really cool, but to the rest of his family, they think he's scruffy. But this season, the costume team has been so great in letting his looks kind of progress as we go throughout the show. He's gradually been able to develop his style, and we very carefully picked the times and scenes when he can showcase that a little bit. His influences from his travels. And now that he's had a full gap year experience, and he's enjoyed himself and learned some new things. <clears throat> so, look, I don't gotta, like, dance on the grave of the... I'm about to shut my computer. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna log off. I don't need to dance on the grave of your, like, you know, Virgin Colin, like, dreams. Uh, that aside, I will say that I just do think it's fun that out of all the Bridgerton brothers, especially knowing that people have been savage and said that, like, he's boring. If you guys go to the, I'm just going to say it, if you guys go to the main, like, Bridgerton Netflix subreddit, and I think if you filter of all time, one of the top posts of all time is literally someone with a picture of Colin from season one. I think it's, he's in Antony's study after he proposed to Marina, and he's getting, you know, yelled at by Antony. Yeah. And it literally the, it's like unpopular opinion this dry or boring ass man there's no way he can lead a season pen deserves like a new guy and we have eight trillion comments just piling on Luke. no because the way i'll fucking fist fight i'm also like guys this is a real human being and like there's no way he like these people haven't gone on the subreddit or any social media thing at least a little bit yeah. and it just makes me sad that he probably saw that and it's also like i'm i'm just gonna keep this positive well, with a dash of petty, because that's just, you know, this tiger can't change your stripes. I will say, whoever made that post, and all the 10 million people who jumped on that, y'all are definitely, like, eating your words, because this man looks hot as fuck, and there's nothing dry about his clothing. Let about his chest hair, his hair, his ring, his you guys lips. <laughs> I know we haven't seen Colin shirtless yet, but the first time... I saw a picture of Luke Newton shirtless in his Colin Bridgerton era. Mm-hmm. The gasp that I gasped. <laughs> I was sitting. I had at this time of my life, I had nine roommates. I was sitting upon the couch in the communal living area. I nearly screeched. Like, are you talking about the Luke like Spain? shirtless photos the, the first ones where it's like horrible angles but like amazing abs yes where his, yes like, where his fucking tootsies are in it his little toesies um dead. To, like, those men did it. not they use the timer and they all like they looked down had the timer on they had it <laughs> i can see it vividly in my mind they had a corona bottle and they sat that shit down yes. on the pool deck and they propped the phone up and they put it on selfie self timer and they posed you guys, Goatee Colin scared me too. Goatee Colin scared me too. But this is a human and he is attractive. And if you think he's not, like, that's your own prerogative. Don't be a dick about it on the internet. I know our people yes. aren't doing that. But, like, in general, like, when people do that, ugly behavior. Yeah, if you're, like, mean on the inside, I think that shines through. Not to not to get into a, a whole, you know, inner beauty <laughs> um, discussion now, but yeah. I agree, like, we don't, yeah. We don't need to get into it. You know what it is? It's, like, just from this alone, expectations have been exceeded for what the costume department has done this season for Colin. 
interesting that like his style was influenced by his travels i've mm-hmm. already seen a lot of people saying hilariously that he is philosopher colin zookeeper colin who knows <laughs> what his thing is yeah he's like a charles darwin who's writing about animals yeah. instead of travel it's like where philip um, has his uh plants colin has animals yeah to do flora Serving and Dr. fauna Rock. Yeah, dude. Right there. There you go. What else do we have here? So, yeah, so we have Colin's watch fob. It's the chain that the pocket watch hangs uh, from. It's silver and black, similar to his Sigmat or like Signe, like black and silver ring we have on his right ring finger. Some mm-hmm. people say that this looks similar to Lord Ledger's rings or his jewelry style. That makes my heart warm, the idea that Colin is like his grandpa, which we've already kind of mm-hmm. seen with at least book Colin like to walk and... We see Daddy Ledger likes to ramble, mm-hmm. you know, and tumble in the sheets with Agatha. But anyway, there's a copy of Lady Wuss on his hand. Who is Colin looking at in this still? Who is he talking to? What is he moody about? Is this something that Lady Whistledown wrote? I've seen people theorize that Whistledown is one where Penn said what Colin said about her at the Featherington Ball. I personally do mm-hmm. not agree with that because one, that was like over a year ago. So unless that's an old issue that like someone gave him as a way to mm-hmm. tell him like, hey, this is why Penn might be mad at you or why she's like ignoring you and doesn't want to talk to you. I don't know why Penn would write that because like that's just really painful to write. Only a certain group of men heard it. I think it doesn't help the story. It's not the same impact if Colin comes back, thinks that everything with him and Penn is hunky-dory, and then, you know, he finds out once he finally corners her, like, hey, why aren't you talking to me? She tells him what she overheard. I think that's way better than Colin gets, you know, he gets a dressing down from Violet or whoever because this scandal she came out the day after he left and started traveling or that when he comes back violet's like yeah so you you said this last season and i'm dusting this off to show you i also think if Penn is trying to get married this season i don't think she would want to print that about herself because that just makes her look bad yeah yeah i think if it's a old one from right after he left if Penn published it mm-hmm. i think it's like colin comes home at the end of episode one he's like why won't Penn talk to me mm-hmm. and then like eloise does not want to talk about Penn, but she's like, fuck this guy and what he said. So she leaves it in front of his door in the morning. She slides or, it on the door. Yeah. Or Colin's been like trying to corner Penn all night. She's fucking sick of this guy. Her attempts at getting another man have not gone well. And she's just like, he needs to get the fuck out of my face. And she writes like, Mr. Bridgerton was seen trying to pursue Miss Featherington. This author would find it interesting had she not overheard him mm. say this is not at the end of last season. That is one of the only ways I could see it being brought up in this season via Whistledown. I think it would be more impactful for Colin to have it come from Penn and be like, this is what you did. Yep. This is why I'm not speaking to you. It is a direct consequence of your action. I think that's hot. I love holding people accountable. I like it being um, he has no idea he's about to get his ass handed to him when he confronts her. That's the thing, too, is who knows if, if it's not either of those possible scenarios. It could be that maybe it's actually Penn writing about the really spectacular fails that she's having on the marriage mart. And Colin reads mm-hmm. them and is like, ugh, because he's sympathetic towards her. It yeah. could be that. Like, who is this whistle down? I want to know who this is yeah, right now. Exactly who's bullying my girl. Or I think, I although I think it's too early, Whistledown wrote something positive about Penn and like a suitor and yeah. Colin reads it, 
feel some type of way, but it's early. Thought that I had, which will go right into the last skill after like I have one other little point. He looks upset. What if he's walking in on pen reading his journal? And that's why he's broody. Mm. You know what I mean? It's the afternoon, right? He's walking to the drawing room and he sees that going on. Like whoever he's talking to or looking at. We'll jump into that in 0.3 seconds. My one other thought about this was, so from any, not that we've had a lot, but from this promo we've gotten, we have not seen Colin at any bachelor lodgings. We just see him at Bridgerton House. So curious, Mm -hmm. will he have bachelor lodgings this season? And we just have not seen them yet. Or is our swaggy, you know, little sex god still living at home to save money on rent? (laughs) Save money for his next trip that he is unknowingly saving for his honeymoon trip. Because he's going to get married. Yeah, he... I don't think that this is, like, the proper level of anger if we're talking about the books that when he finds Penn with his journal. Mm -hmm. But I think it's real possible. And hey, if he was at the chamber pot, maybe he had the whistle down as reading material. Dude, wait, but actually, though, <laughs> yes. I mean, that fits a little too well. That's actually kind of hilarious. Yeah, I was going to say he's reading her talk shit while he's taking his shit. But yeah, <laughs> I. I <laughs> this will weave into the next still. If this is the scene when like, she reads his journal, a good outfit for him to be in, if he cuts his hand... And then he sits on like the, the couch or the settee or what have you. And Penn is titty mm-hmm. level with mm-hmm. his chest. And she's looking at his hand, tending to a plain nurse. And his just like chesticles and chest hair and pecs are all right there in her face. Just like all that sternum. He's sitting on the couch and she's standing over him, tending to him. He's going to be face level with chest. There's going to be a lot of chest in that scene. There's going to be a lot of chest. Like, yes, she a lot of cleavage. Take a peek down his cleavage and his chest hair. But if he is faceful of titty for the first time, and wow, that's going to be great. I hope yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> breast action, both from Colin and to Colin. Is it going to be Penn is standing over him? Or, I mean, do she could sit on the couch next to him? Who knows? Okay, so we got our still number five last, but most certainly not least. Most squirtingly not least. Certainly not. We have Pollen at, we'll call it the Moonlight Ball. This is in episode two. This was filmed at the Osterley Park House, which is a Georgian-era house in West London. This was filmed in, like, the courtyard, which is just all open air. And this still... We got a lot going on to break down. Overall, we got color-wise, we have the color scheme of a lot of like blue, silvery, celestial vibes. That seems to be the theme of this ball with the crescent moon and what looks like larger phases of the moon flower arrangements or lilac colored flowers that are Mm -hmm. behind pollen in glass jars. So we know that lilac is the color of first love, as said in season two by Daphne, which was also... Easter Alert, the color of Colin's suit in the season two epilogue when he teleported to England six months into his trip <laughs> to play Pell Mell mm-hmm. with Renesme Augie, who is already, you know, doing long division. Walking. Exactly. So anyway, all of that aside, very beautiful ball. We have outfit wise. So what do we got? We got Penn's dress, this gorgeous like Bridgerton light blue that we're seeing. It has mm-hmm. constellations and stars. 
Her jewelry is actually the same sun starburst charms that we see in season two, episode one, but the necklace chain is a little bit more simple. So in season two, it's the three starburst charms, a gold chain with some white diamonds in between. And here mm -hmm. it's, it almost looks like a really thin, like tennis bracelet diamond chain, maybe all silver with the little sun charms. Mm -hmm. This jewelry we see at the first ball and also like the daffodil field scene that Penelope has with Eloise. So it's that mm. it's them meeting, I believe, Cousin Jack as well. All the girls are meeting Cousin Jack. Uh, Portia's introducing them. And Penelope's like a little sun in season two. Now we have her like our little moon goddess, all blue and silvery in season three. For mm -hmm. Colin... We have him in another suit with a similar silhouette to the outfit from the This Morning Leaks. His vest mm -hmm. even looks like it color coordinates with Penn's dress. Different watch fobs. This one has like a little pink, almost opaly charm. And Carly, do you want to talk though about what is truly me bearing the lead with the Dude. best part of this whole still? This man has his hand wrapped in a bandage. I could scream. That bandage is to soak up slick. That there's no injury underneath. Like he is just ready and prepared. I'm not cutting that. <laughs> Leave it. I don't care. The fact that this ring that he has on, which I've just looked at I looked up Colin Bridgerton season one, and of course there's pics from season two on there. Not once have we seen this man in a ring. The Paul Malsing, mm -hmm. no ring. The, the part where he dances with Cressida to steal her necklace, no fucking ring. Mm -hmm. When he's getting engaged to Marina, no ring. <laughs> now, in everything we've seen of this man, if he's not in gloves, he's in this specific ring. Okay, statement piece, we see you. So I'm going to keep that in mind. The real statement piece, though, I'm going back to it again, is the slick bandage. <laughs> I'm so fucking dead. <laughs> But Dude, I'm loving it. Never stop. It, never change. This, please. This speaks to the scene in the drawing room, which we are hoping and assuming is somewhat similar to how it is in the book. But this motherfucker is going to cut his hand. He's going to do it. Penn is going to most likely have to tend to him. This is very exciting to me in a multitude of ways. Just to kind of clarify, what we're talking about here is that Colin's hand is going to get accidentally cut with a letter opener because in Romance Mr. Bridgerton, the scene is that Colin is furious finding Penelope reading his travel journal, obviously without his permission or knowledge. He's angry about it. He feels bashful and embarrassed. His privacy, he feels, is invaded. He, cut, he cuts his hand when he's, you know, flourishing and is grabbing, you know, papers and documents in his journal and such. And he's bleeding. Penelope doesn't like blood, but she doesn't want to get blood on the carpet, so she starts playing nurse and tends to his hand. And this scene is crucial because here, Colin and Penelope are physically close, and Colin looks up at Penelope and thinks to himself how beautiful her eyes are. And he also realizes just not only like how wonderful she is, but that he cares about her opinions on his writing. Because even though she's you know, been caught red-handed with his journal, she quickly is like, okay, I, I know I shouldn't have read it. I couldn't put it down. It was incredible mm -hmm. what I read. And there Colin's like, wait, what? I don't think it's going to be as huge of a revelation for Penn. Whoa, Colin's a good writer. She already knows his writing style from his letters. But 
either way, she'll see that it's not just something that he writes in letters to people because, you know, he's being prompted like, hey, what are you doing on your, on your travels, right? She clearly asks him a lot of questions. It's, oh, no, no, you are someone who, you are a storyteller. So it's just a great scene where we see Colin understand that Penelope valuing and validating him as a writer is, it's really important, her opinion of him. And just, he realizes that much more how important Penelope is to him. And it's mm -hmm. a great shift from Colin seeing Penn as like just his friend to possibly something more. Yeah. Oh, so excited. I love that this like one little bandage can speak to all of that because it, it it's so prolific in their story. Like this, this scene of, of her finding his journals. But we've talked about what's on Colin's hand. Can we talk about what's hanging on Penn's hand as well? Yeah. Her little dance card, which doesn't have a name. And I've clocked that, Mr. Bridgerton. There's no name written down. And I'm fucking judging you a little bit. I know your hand is hurt. You got boo-boo hand. But I don't forgive you. And I'm mad at you. I mean, who knows? Maybe Penn's like, you can't dance with me because you're, you're cock blocking. You're wasting real estate by putting your name on the dance card. She has a dance card. There's nary a name. But there are some interesting things written from what my beautiful partner <laughs> has deducted through multiple hours squinting and zooming in and literally clarifying and research that is way more intense than anything I've done for my college degree ever. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, this was my thesis. <laughs> I was learning yes, about them. Was, yeah, this was her disc. Um, yeah, so as you guys know, because I had to shout this to the rooftops once this was discovered, zooming in, so real quick, yeah, I could see that ball program was pretty legible, and then, you know, at the sacrifice of my eyes and probably a slight increase in my prescription, I was able to piece together by looking at a, another, like, actual real-life dance card from the 19th century, late 19th century nonetheless, but still, that... We have what looks like Spanish dance, Scotch reel, mazurka, quadrille, and waltz as the dances on the dance card. There's 10 dances and what looks like an intermission in between. So five intermission and then five more dances. Scotch reel, quadrille, waltz, those have been danced before. Those are the ones we see come up in fan fiction a lot as well. But the two dances that stuck out to me and is why I, you know, dove headfirst into the rabbit hole is that we have Spanish dance and mazurka. So we know from Tadum when Nicola was there announcing more about season three, she discussed that Colin at the start of season three is returning from his travels, which included France, Italy, and Spain. So is this man coming back with some like sexy, sensual, romantic dance moves? Is this something where the confidence mm -hmm. lessons are really centered around him teaching Penelope how to be that much more flirtatious and confident when she's on the dance floor with these guys. Beyond drinking wine or lemonade on the fringes of the dance floor, right, or, you know, splitting into Claire, mm -hmm. Lady in the Tramp style by the refreshment table, the big opportunity that debutantes have for one-on-one -on -one time and being physically close to another man is dancing. So that's where a lot of Penelope's confidence needs to be a thing, right? When no one else is there to save her, she's just really close to a guy. 
she's got to say something, right? He's so cute. What do I say? He's looking at me. That's <laughs> when she has to be prepared. And that's what Colin is getting her prepped for. So I'm thinking Colin's like, oh, I know how to do a Spanish dance. I know how to do sensual dancing. He puts her hand here. He puts her hand there. They're practicing dancing alone and things mm-hmm. get heated and the sparks fly. It, it is funny, though, because because of their height difference, which obviously is wonderful and amazing, it, it's just so much more deliberate him having to have his face be close to hers than it is like mm-hmm. when Antony and Kate were together in season two. Yeah, we walked in on them. Exactly, because that was Antony just has to walk near her and he's already smelling her. In her face, yeah. Exactly, but for Colin, he's got to literally bend 90 degrees at the waist to get near Penelope's lip. And he, if he's doing all of that without noticing, mm. please, you cannot yes. be this oblivious. Your neck has to hurt. <laughs> Dude, his lower back, his lumbar, with the mazurka, this is a dance that it has like Eastern European origins, but there's different versions of this that were danced in France, Italy, and Spain. You know, different people have discussed this dance. What's just really exciting is that during research, one of the ways that the mazurka was discussed is a dance composing of impulse, majesty, enticement, and freedom from all restraint. <gasps> That sounds perfect. I like all those words. That's all I want between pollen mm-hmm. is all Third of those string. things. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah. And then the second quote, uh, among other things, was that the mazurka is exaltation, boldness, knightly gallantry. But I think my favorite part of this you know, sentence here was that the mazurka was described as like the most graceful devotedness, right? The most beautiful social dance of our time. So I'm like, damn, this is like all that in a bag of chips. But yeah, that's really the big running theory is that a lot of Colin's confidence lessons will center around dancing and that because Colin is supposed to be closely watching Penn when she's dancing with these guys, right, to see is she doing mm-hmm. it right, like how is she doing right, he's like the coach on the sidelines watching the player on the court, yeah. that he's going to see these men flirtatiously dancing close to Penelope and that's where the bravado comes in. That's where the jealousy comes in. And he's fuming with his hurt paw and his hurt bruised ego. Yeah. Dude, this yep. man. Colin's going to realize he is literally going to be like, what is this feeling? What is this feeling inside of me? Jealousy? Why am I jealous? Oh, shit. I'm in love with Penn. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. And yeah. He just gets all chaos. Right. If that's part of, like, his lessons working too well, doubling and whoever else is is smitten with her. And Colin probably during, he's like, okay, now you do it to me in the demo. And he's like, oh, yeah, that worked great. (laughs) He's just, like, trying to make out with her. I, yeah, I think that these dances, like, I really hope they they do have some impact. Either they know the dances are going to be done at the ball, so they learn how to do it before in their lessons. They get to the ball and... Penn is uncomfortable doing these dances and Colin offers mm. to dance with her. He has a hurt little paw and this, and it's like endearing. Penn doesn't know how to do the dances. She mm-hmm. doesn't dance at the ball. This is another one of her failures with suitors. And then at the next lesson is when they dance and that's when Colin like figures it out. Penn has danced the Irish jig with Colin in season one at, at Box Hall. And then season two, she danced with Colin. I, it wasn't like a waltz or anything. It's a dance that I've seen people on say maybe was vaguely resembling the mating dance between swans. I don't know about that. I'm not saying the that it wasn't that. The mating dance between swans? 
Yeah, yeah. Huh? This is not me judging. This is me not having seen said theory. Yeah, yeah. That there's certain parts of the way, like when swans like mating dance, like certain ways, like like they'll spin or move. But yeah, either way, just excited for it to not just be a little, you know, getting jiggy with it and so- something being a little bit more sensual. Getting jiggy with it. Yeah, getting Irish jiggy with it with Kyle. We're ready for some sensual. You know, he's got a rose between his teeth and her leg is like up his like waist. Okay. Yeah. We are basically done. We have literally a microscopic possible promo theory nugget, and then we are done mm-hmm. for the day slash the middle of the night when we're recording this. Um, so actress Hannah New, who plays Lady Tilly, she posted the pen teaser poster like with the mirror, and in her caption she tagged various people who made sense, like the Bridgerton account, Shonda. Uh, Tom Verica and Billy Woodruff, who are two of the directors of season three. And she also tagged who I believe is going to be her makeup artist. Then she tagged Nick and Newt, which, because duh, they're the lead roles this season. Then she tagged Jack Murphy, who is the dance coordinator. And then she tagged Luke Thompson, but he doesn't have a social media account. So she had to very deliberately put hashtag Luke Thompson. Super sleuths of the fandom are already abuzz, thinking that this points mm-hmm. to the fact that Hannah's scenes as Lady Tilly Arnold likely center around ballrooms. We know from like the Entertainment Weekly article that came out December 21st that Benedict is said this season that he's again going to be a fun character, that they're going to play with him for a little bit more and let him have some more fun before he settles down. So... Lady mm-hmm. Tilly, is she part of that fun? Is she part of helping him kill time instead of trying to, you know, find Sophie? Yeah. Is she part of the fun? And the place where Eloise makes an unlikely friend is when she's walking out of Benedict's bedroom. Oh my gosh. Literally a very unlikely place. Yeah. Yeah. That's the silly. family wing. In her hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yes. Uh, y'all, what if there is a masquerade ball? Right, so the nod to how Benedict meets Sophie, and Benedict thinks that Lady Tilly is Sophie, but she really isn't, and he is just like following Lady Tilly around, trying to like find out if she's Sophie, and in the end, she's not. Because like Hannah knew is blonde, Sophie is supposed to be blonde. Not that that's enough of a distinguishing feature, but I don't know. It would be funny. Well, if Benedict- he's- Obviously needs fucking glasses. Like I don't true. know if you read his book, but King needs I did. to get his eyes checked. That's actually so true. He could be following Lady Danbury around and be like, "Are you Sophie?" And she's like, "Dude, I am not Sophie." Are you her? Well, he doesn't know her name. True. She's yeah. So. Look. Yeah. Are you the lady in silver or what have you? <laughs> she's like, I'm wearing green. Yeah. Um. I slept with your grandpa. Does that help? Does that answer the question? <laughs> So what the fuck is a section that we attempt to do at the end of every episode where we offer up a fic that follows the topic of said episode. The topic of this episode is us just going over the new uh, drops. And what we did this episode is just take the little tidbits that they've given us and try to make entertainment from it. We've made our own stories. This author has made her own story that is outside of canon, but uses our characters in a very lovely way. It's called Bloodlust by Lily Whitefield. It was made for Halloween. Thus, it is a vampire story. It's good. You should read it. I will link it down below. Lily, we love you. Lily, I'm in love with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's gonna listen to me like y'all are fucking <laughs> she's gonna yeah <laughs> she, she's gonna she's gonna roast me in, in dms but it's fine because i love this story and i'm gonna reread it once we hang no it and y'all read all her shit because like Lily Whitefield, you want to talk about the mythical animals on Colin's <laughs> new vest? Lily's got a fit for every type of animal, every critter, Bro, everything. Dead ass. <laughs> She's got flora and fauna. She's got yes. sex pollen, vampires, fairy mermaids, Colin, mermaids, fairies. She's probably she got a Martian has, like, coming up. Probably. Maybe. And then she's also just got like beautifully written, serious Regency writings. Like, also read Poison Tree. This is just like a Lily stand page right now. <laughs> just go read her stuff. Bloodlust and Poison Tree. Bloodlust is finished. A Poison Tree is currently in the works. There's about three chapters left, but girlies, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Mm. She's working on it. And romancing Captain Bridgerton. Amazing. Takeaways Who do we love most in this world? Penn. Luke and Lily Whitefield. Yeah, y'all. That's really I like how it's Penn and not Nicola, Luke and not Colin, and then Lily. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, the delirium. The madness of this ending too. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We're so excited for more and more crumbs and promo to be coming out. Give us five stars if you like what we're doing. Want us to keep on trucking. Tell your clergyman, your goldfish, your mom, your dentist about this pod if you like it. Follow us on social media, on TikTok, and on Instagram as Between the Scandal Sheets. Check out our memes. And uh, yeah, Carly, any last words before we sign off? If you're going to slay, slay. If you're going to hate, don't. (laughs) I think think Gandhi said that. Yeah, that's actually a direct quote from the Dalai Lama. I'm surprised you don't know that. Uncultured China. Yeah, jeez. God. Rose. I know, I'm fucking I thought up. you were well-read. Dude, only about the mazurka dance. Only about the mazurka dance and not about Gandhi. Literally a one-trick pony. Yeah. It's okay. I pulled, uh, I pulled some bullshit history out of my ass earlier that I definitely learned from. National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. So Dude, don't but, worry about it. But you were spinning some facts with that Lady Liberty. I heard you. Uh, and where do you think I got that? National, National Treasure. Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. I mean, truly in the film canon. Do you think I know the name Edward Laboulaye if it wasn't brought up in that horribly historically inaccurate movie? You're like, I'm no hero, ma'am. I'm no hero. I'm just a fan of the Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is her corset. <laughs> anyway. All right, y'all. We're going to go. All right, bye. Bye. We'll catch up with you later. Bye. Bye.